Rod Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am well, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Um, rainy, kind of cloudy day looking like right now, about 38, 39, you know, it's, it's, it's January in New York City. Needed to warm up a little bit when my crew comes up there. <laughs> yes, we'll be David, for a little bit, but yeah. David, we'll, we'll, we'll be up here. We're not going to tell you guys all the excitement, but yes, David and the crew will be up here. We'll have, we'll have a good time. Uh, next month, coach, some good basketball last night um, in the association. So many places to start, but let's start here. I wanted to start with Kyrie Irving because he is such a confounding individual. And when I say confounding, it's because when you watch him on the basketball court, it's like it's Mozart, it's Da Vinci, it's, it is brilliance. I mean, he is an artist. Assi- he's all the things, right? Artist, scientist, everything. And it's like, man, dude, you're so good at this freaking thing. And I think for me, that's what I love about high level anything. It's like it's only people in the world play basketball. You are one of the, I don't know, 15 best. Like, that's, you have to be so good. But yet, you're always waiting for the other shooter drop. As we talked about this morning, it's like, it's been real quiet. He's been doing his thing. Please, just keep, don't, let's just, through June, whenever the season ends, just don't do anything. Just keep playing basketball and let this thing happen. Oh, I know you watched a little bit of that game. What did you see from Kyrie, just his brilliance last night? Well, first of all, on that subject of what you just brought up, uh, as a dad, I've told my daughter before, show up early, stay late, be committed, put your fucking phone away, do your job, and you're already ahead of, I don't know, 50%, mm-hmm. 60%, some number, without any talents at all. Every, every place she's worked, they've always been sad to see her leave and said, you can always come back because she shows up early, she stays late, she has gratitude, she puts her fucking phone away, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not different in this league, Gerard. It's, it's any walk of life. Think of, think of the most, some of the most famous actors in Hollywood. Think of celebrities mm-hmm. who have the world at their finger pads if they just don't fuck up, <laughs> right? We've had musicians, mm-hmm. drug overdoses mm-hmm. to all sorts of other stories. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with basketball. And he, he I said to you this morning, uh, I think he's the best below-the-rim finisher in NBA history. And I don't know if that data will support that. I, I don't think I'll be wrong by much. It's a very short list, and most of them played before data was invented. Mm-hmm. Or at least, I mean, data could be compiled the way we can. His ability, to, and I, of course he can dunk the ball. But most of his plays were not above-the-rim plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the best I, I, I could ever remember. <laughs> and so uh, I told you this, too. I, after the game, I only watched a little bit of the game. I followed it. I was watching another game, and mm-hmm. it was a weeknight, a weekend I wanted to spend with my wife, so we only have one TV in our house. Mm-hmm. So I'm not fli- I don't flip. No, if I'm on a game, game, I'm on a game. Well, when I, you're, I, in your office, you have your fourth, and you're watching right. four. And, and I have computers, and right, I can watch right. six games at the same time. In my home, it's just my wife and I. Normally, I put on music. I watch the game. So that's what we did last night after we watched a pretty half a pretty cool movie. Uh, called the Pale Blue Eye. I'll tell you. Oh what yeah, yeah, is. I know that on Netflix. Yeah, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so far anyway. So I texted with one of the Nets players after the game, and I said, "Hey, I follow because I did follow the game on on my phone. Pretty interesting game there. You know, what do you think happened?" And he wrote back, "Kyrie, period, Irving, period. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got." Like, all right, I'm like, okay, I saw the box score. Yeah. It must have been one of those games. 38, where, 9, and 7. He was, that what it, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was electric. I mean, 
getting to whatever spot he wanted to. And that's the thing, you know, this conversation happened. A lot of players have talked about it, and he's a he's a favorite among players. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll often say he is just a highly skilled basketball player. So you see it. Player. He's got right. so super much elite skill. handle, super mm-hmm. elite finisher, can really shoot, elite shooter. Like and and just... and to his listen, we've been talking about him, Gerard. Since we first started this podcast, mm-hmm. not to mention all the writing we were doing before that. And the one thing I consistently remember talking about is of all of his problems, selfishness on the court was never one of them. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't a giving player necessarily in terms of the whole team spirit, maybe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I never found him to be someone who was he wasn't a Jordan Clarkson Chucker. No. He wasn't. He he played the right way. And I think it it shows. And so now, Mr. Irving, mm-hmm. uh, if, if I knew him and was a mentor to him, and you may not, it doesn't matter if you say it. I'm sure people have said it before. Uh, people try to tell Chris Farley, stop drinking. People try to tell John Belushi and on and on. Kyrie, if just stay out of the, stay out of the political, uh, social media trouble, mm-hmm. and we might have a hell of a season. And you may go a long way towards changing your brand. He has kids, doesn't he? He does. Mm-hmm. It 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 matters. They they want to respect their dad. Mm-hmm. And and I've been around long enough to know children, uh, grown children, people in their eighteen and twenty five, whatever, who don't respect their father for different reasons, including people I know very very well who've made a lot of money in their business, not basketball players. And but they've you know they're on wife five and and maybe they're 71 and they're dating a 35 year old and whatever. <laughs> and their kids don't love that. That's for, or don't even like it. Mm-hmm. So Kyrie, just you are capable of so much. Mm-hmm. And so we want you to be held accountable to some degree for that. And then, wow, can this be fun? For sure. I yeah. mean, this is this team right now, you know, Durant was injured six games ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost four straight and now yeah, won two, two straight. Kyrie's yeah. one scored 86 points in the last two yeah. games, 44 yeah. against the, Utah on Friday and then this game on, on Saturday. I mean, he has been, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 86. He's, he's been electric. And, you know, this is what Durant was looking for, right? Like when he said in when he came back, he's like, the big reason why I asked for the trade request is because I don't think we should have went 5-16 and 16 when I was injured. Like some of those games, like we got to win those. And so when they started 0-4, it was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen now? But this team, there's, they're, they're starting to get some resolve about them. They're not getting blown out by anybody. They're competing every night. Something has changed. They all talked about it. Like the, the vibes are just different. For whatever reason, the attitude and the spirit of Jock Vaughn gets a lot of credit for that. They're believing. In, he he in, should get the most credit, I think. Yes. They're believing yeah. in what, what the game plan is. And Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal and Seth Curry and those guys are playing well. If you can get all those guys to start Nick playing. Claxton. Oh, I mean, Claxton's been incredible. If you can get them to start playing at their level and a little above. Durant is the easiest person to just plug back in, and right, it, it's not going to mess up anything you're doing, right? Plug in, you just catch it, whatever. Like it'll be fine. I mean, this team was rolling before he got injured, right? Like so, yeah. This is what they hope. I had him number one in the league mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. top five ratings mm-hmm. on Thursdays. Um, I I wish I I wish I could look forward to the day where I'll, I'll text a Nets player, uh, hey, what happened in the game, and 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 he would write back. Ben Dot Simmons, because <laughs> that's long way from now, right? Yeah, long way. What's your assessment of him? You know, he he has it's. So we also about development's not linear. Well, his return back to form is also not linear. He has moments and a couple in a row where it's like, ooh, we're starting to see, and your natural inclination is, oh, it's going to keep going up, but it doesn't. Sometimes it plateaus a little bit. 
or he may have a dip for a game. I think he's getting back into trying to understand what refs are allowing defensively. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ben is, for whatever everyone wants to think about him, he's a physical defender. Like when, when he was playing all-NBA level and DPOY kind of a, a, a player, he's a physical defender. He's a big dude, 6'10", big. long yeah. arms, big. Yeah. And he's like stout in the chest. Like he's not frail, you know? And he's getting a lot of early fouls and it's annoying him and getting him frustrated. And he's, you know, yelling at the refs. Like, and you know, coach, like I'm not saying refs target players, but when you start doing certain things and they feel like you're acting a certain kind of way, uh, you're not going to endear, endear yourself to getting the benefit of the doubt. Let's put it like that. Right. So, you know, so that's been a little problem. And then the aggressiveness kind of turns on and off, right? Some games like, Oh my God, he's going downhill and he's attacking. Other games, not so much. And I think that's because it's the back. Like, I really think, like, sometimes it feels fine. Other times, shit. And you can tell by how he's running. Oh, my God. Back's not great today. I can, I can see. You're just not feeling it. And that's that's tough. When it, when he's a player that, that occupies that much salary, right? That's tough. That's a that's really an important uh, observation. Uh, what have, have they talked about his back at all? No. And then they're not going to they're not going to give out any kind of info on it. Or Yeah. Yeah. But you can't do anything with a bad back for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can't. And it's too bad because uh, he could really be such a difference maker. Uh, remember this now. So um, I'm 58 in a few weeks. I've been, <laughs> I've been involved in high school basketball in some form or fashion since I was, in, since I was 14 years old. Right. And um, started watching it very seriously starting at 22 uh, as a coach. Uh, I've seen, I mean, Vince Carter, Jerry Stackhouse, um, there, there's a whole bunch of Steph, Mur- Steph Marbury. Uber um, athletes, elite players. Elite players. I, I did not see Ben Simmons. I saw Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid when they, on the same night, actually, when they were 17, uh, five minutes from my house. But I didn't see Ben Simmons. The, ga- the game that he played down here, we, we have two different big tournaments here, both within 20 minutes of my home. And uh, for a few years with my son, I would go. But this one year, I didn't go with Ben Simmons. But I know a lot of people like me have been around a long time. And, and, and I think you can even probably Google this. Ben Simmons might have been the most impressive high school prospect that played in America ever. When I say ever, I mean in, these, in this modern time of evaluating players. I was surprised to hear people say that to me, but they did. That he was absolutely off the page. That dude's going to be unbelievable. So Joel Embiid, I thought, had a chance to be great. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, I was very high on. I, I thought Vince Carter was going to be a, a phenomenal player. But um, Ben Sim was like a 6'10 version of that in some ways. Uh, and so that's the point we're talking about here is this was the trajectory that we had him on. He's a physical specimen. Oh, my God. Super fast, super. I saw Jason Kidd in high school. Um, I knew he's going to be very good. He couldn't shoot. I didn't think it really mattered. He was so fast. This guy is, um, yeah. So that becomes an interesting variable for them. Mm-hmm. Is and if they, and the back won't solve itself, no. Uh, maybe they can solve something for him. Maybe they can resolve it medically. There's still a long way to go. There's mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. you know, nearly 40 games left to the regular season plus yep. the playoffs. Yep. He's if he can't get better, I think the ceiling's too low yeah. to win a championship. Yeah. But if it can get better, because if you're right, that's the game changer. Then yeah, for sure. Because then he you- then he's a double double triple double threat every game. Look, and I understand people's like complaints about how his, you know, his offensive game hasn't developed to what people would like it to be. 
But let's not forget, this was an all-defensive first-team, all-NBA player. That level player on this team with Pete KD and Pete Kyrie and those role players, to your point, that is a title team. Well, look at look at the Warriors. So they've got two non-shooters and two non-scorers in Looney and Green mm-hmm. and won a championship last year relatively easily, although it was tough against Boston. They still mm-hmm. won 4-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't run the same offense as Golden State does, but they do have two elite playmaking scores, whereas Golden State had one mm-hmm. in Steph. And uh, and then, to your point, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, these guys are good players mm-hmm. that can shoot and defend. Well, some of them can defend. Um, though, with Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons mm-hmm. on the court, you've got elite defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you know, ben gives you the passing you need. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're absolute contenders if if he's healthy. I don't know if they if he's not. Yeah, no. It, it it was and so this this was a big win for Brooklyn because they were down 17 in this game. And let's talk about the Warriors end of this coach. Like, you know, Bill Parcells, famous NFL coach, once famously said, You are what your record says you are, right? And the Warriors are a below five hundred team. That is what their record says that they are. They're twenty three and twenty four. And yes, I know they've won four titles in the past eight years. They should not, you know, fully healthy. All they're saying, all the right things. But something just doesn't look right. And Draymond actually came out. I put this in our true group chat, you know, talking about, you know, a lot of the reasons why we aren't as good as we need to be is because of me. And, you know, he kind of went into it. He goes, you know, I am I can't hold people accountable the way I need to hold them accountable. And a big reason for that is because I punched a teammate in the face. Right. And, you know, so he came out and said, he say what, that? He say that? Yeah. Yeah. He, he came out and said it, right? Um, and so, you know, it, him and JP are, you know, their relationship is better. It's not, it may never get back to whatever it once was, right? Because of that. And that's a dynamic there, right? Their young guys haven't developed the way the team would hope they could develop. Um, when they play Kevon Looney, they're great defensively. When he sits, atrocious. They have no bench. That's why they moved into the bench. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think that's why they moved into the bench. Is they have something coming off their bench. And because it seems that Curry said it that Poole tends to play better when he starts next to Curry because he gets more space to operate. Yeah, I mean, shit. Who does? Like, yeah. Newsflash: playing next to Stephen Curry is really okay. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Looney's, Looney's much more effective next to Curry too. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, we get it. Um, but you know, it's just I don't know. Some of it could be they're also older. Championship hangover. Clay is still like he's a good player, but he's not what he once was. Not like, even close. So he'll have a thirty-eight point one night, but then he'll be four of seventeen the next night, right? Like, well, worse than that, he might it might be seven, eight more nights before he's good again. Right. So yeah. you know, it just it may be tough for them to you know get back there again in a playoff series. Everybody's there. I you know against anybody, you give them a, a more than a puncher's chance because of their institutional knowledge, but. You know, going forward, and remember, this is a healthy team. Last night, everybody played. They were they had nobody resting, nobody out. Nets without Kevin Durant, so that's concerning. If I'm if I'm Steve Kerr, they've got a dresser bench, and they've got pieces to trade with Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga. If they want to do that, the upgrade, they're probably six deep or so now. I thought Divincenzo would help a lot. I'm not sure I was right. The I think it's an interesting thing about Draymond admitting, mm-hmm. um, but and I'll say this. Uh, I've seen, I don't know, you know, I've never seen employees, but I've seen victims of a crime and the criminal who committed the act uh, patch things up. Wow. There's no reason why they can't patch things up. Oh, yeah, I guess I've seen, uh, yeah, that's true. Now, again, 
in in the in the in the other world that I was talking of, they're not working with each other every day. Correct. But but uh, at the end of the day, Jordan Poole was lucky he didn't break his face. So was Draymond Green, because that would have been a real mess. Um, Jordan Poole looks completely healthy and fine, has mm-hmm. all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the first step is admitting culpability. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Has done that. That's good. I thought he was just going to, I didn't even read it. I saw, I saw you said it to me. Um, I pretty much focus on relevant teams and right now they're not very relevant <laughs> as you know, they're not, they're uh, but not. I thought he was referring to the fact that he's just not a scorer or shooter, which is, they could really use that. Sure. But sure. I give him credit for recognizing. No, uh, I think holding accountable is huge. Coaches tend not to do it in this league anymore. Sadly, players have to say again, sadly. And, uh, he's a great guy for that. Oh, sure, for sure. He's got the intelligence for it, the toughness for it, mm-hmm. relentlessness about it, about him. Um, but if he has lost a little bit of the edge because of what happened, yeah, yeah. Well, the way to get that back is to at least admit the for problem. Sure. Always, yeah. always. And you know, he also, you know, there's one thing Draymond is is very smart and hyper aware and, <laughs> sure. and and self aware. He also knows he's like, look, the writing's on the wall about whether or not I'm going to be on this team right. going for right. See, he knows this is like the end of the line, right? It's it's highly unlikely. I want to say his contract ends this year. Yeah, um, it's highly unlikely he's back next season, right? On a on a kind of deal and money that he wants. Um, where it goes from there, who knows? And I think for them as a team, they'd like it to kind of go out on a better note, right? Another last hurrah, right? Similar to the last dance kind of thing where they try to win another title. But as much as the West is wide open as everybody, and it is, I, you know, I just think there are teams that, you know, yes, I, I love the Grizzlies. Everybody knows that. But in a series right now, I'm taking the Grizzlies in the seven-game series versus the Warriors. I just, you know. W- would you favor Memphis over everybody mm, in the West? I mean, honest, that, I didn't put this in the document, but I, I want to hear, gun to your head, no, not gun to your head. <laughs> $1,000 if you win. Yeah. Who, who are you putting it on? I would, Memphis. I think I'm favoring Memphis right now. I mean, I, it's not. I, 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 I really am. Look, I, you know I love Jokic and, yeah. and Denver. I, I'm just worried. I'm worried defense for sure, and I'm worried about who else besides Jokic is going to be ready to do the thing come playoff time. I just, I, I know Murray's going to, he'll, right. he'll be fine. Right. MPJ has not had the kind nope. of season I want nope. him to have. Right. And by the way, of note, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s brother, oh God, it's one of the younger yeah. ones. He was involved in a fatal car crash. He's fine, but the, another person died as a result. Um, and I believe he was driving. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. That's not, good. that's not good. I'm sure that's going to distract Michael at some point. Right? It's going to be, right? sure. be so that's a very close knit family. Those brothers and sisters. It's a lot of them. Like seven or eight of them. A lot of brothers and sisters. Wow. So it's going to be something. So, and uh, whatever, he wasn't playing well before this anyway, but I just Denver to me, I, again, I love Jokic and Gordon's playing well, by the way, Aaron Gordon's playing so well this season. And Murray's starting to come on. I love the Bruce Brown edition. Aaron Gordon's a monster. Yeah, I mean, there look, are times he's going to the rim like, oh, he's going to rip that fucking rim off. If he's going to be your fourth best player, that's a win yeah. for you, right? Like that, in my they mind. They've got to defend. They've yeah. got to defend. And I just don't guard um, right now. So I don't, you know. So I, I don't want to jump our our uh, our worksheet here, but I'm going to. I think. I haven't, <laughs> I don't look at it when we're on. Um, on this subject of who do you pick in the West? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to pick a different team than me. Oh, oh I, I know who you're picking. We'll get to that in a second. I know who you're okay. picking. Okay. Uh, I want to I get to this game, this other game from last night. Portland, yeah. the Portland yeah, yeah, Blazers, yeah. David, won a quarter by 32 points last night. 45-13. Yeah. I watched and the game. lost. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I what watched the game. The hell happened. So so first of all, they won the second quarter by by that amount. Mm-hmm. At one point in the game, they were losing 18 to 4, Portland. LA had a monster start. Thomas Bryant hit two threes. LeBron hit long threes and a mm-hmm. two. And LA was rolling. And but by, by the second half, by the end of halftime, by the end of the first half, uh literally Portland was up 25 points. They were down 18 to 4. And um LA started out the second half like Pat Bev and, and um, Dennis Schroeder started like picking up full court, mm-hmm. applying some pressure, got a steal and a score, one steal and a score. But uh, have you ever have you ever seen the movie um, uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher? Mm-hmm. There's a great scene where in the final game, the the, uh, the champion at the time, the young guy, makes a move. And Gandhi, I, I, Ben Kingsley, says uh, that was a mistake. And the dad is like, what was the mistake? Who made the mistake? He had no idea. But I really do see a lot of games this way where, let's say you're up four late in the game, and, but maybe, you know, two minutes to go, and you miss two straight free throws. In my mind, because you can see how this game is playing out 98% of the time. The 2%? When you lose a game up four, the minute mm-hmm. out to play, whatever, it's when you miss two straight free throws or yep. turn the ball over yep. against nothing. Yep. And so in the Portland game, I think Pat Bev got like a steal in a bucket mm-hmm. to cut it from like 23 to 21. But the, a bell went off in my head like, ooh, that was a mistake. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I thought Portland's going to just – they'll find a way to win by 15 to 20 points. Mm-hmm. They had no answer for Damon's and especially for Simons. But when that happened, I could just see the Lakers – Pick up like, hey, mm-hmm. we got LeBron on this team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Portland just didn't have anything. And so it was just a slow, like a slow tide coming in. It wasn't one gigantic run like it was in 18 to 4. It was just kicking their ass. And Thomas yeah. Bryan was unbelievable. Was great. great. Schroeder was unbelievable. Yeah, 31 and 14, Thomas, last night. Something yeah, like no turnovers. A 12 of 15 Ooh, shooting. And no yeah, turnovers. Like three Lakers of all time have had a game like he had last night. And it's the second time he's had that kind of game. Um, when Gabriel comes off the bench and gives them like, mm-hmm. I've been telling you for a long time. I just think their coach thinks he may get good one day. He's not good now. Kendrick Nunn's averaging over eleven a game off the bench, mm-hmm. like in twenty twenty three. He looks like a competent player again. And remember, they're missing starter and Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. I haven't mentioned Anthony Davis yet. Mm-hmm. And Austin Reeves was their best guy off the bench behind Russell. Russell was bad last night. But those guys are out. Like, yeah. they're missing yeah, three of their guys. top six, seven guys. And yet, um, here they are. They're four games out of, like, the sixth seed or fifth seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. LeBron was LeBron. <laughs> no, he's-, right. he's just – he gets it, though. I see it in him. He's starting to realize, you know what? Like, we're not terrible. They're not like, terrible. We have talent on this team. No, they're not terrible. If AD came back and Ham doesn't fuck it up, uh, like, we're going to be a tough team to beat. And I think he's right. I think he's right. In Portland's case, I don't know where they're going. Yeah. It was a bad loss for them. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know they, what they're doing. They, they moved away from that feel-good story early where we're like, oh, look at Portland. And I remember you, yeah. you, you actually like, guys, calm down. It's early. I, I was, yeah. Sure. I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> I wasn't convinced. Yeah. And, yeah. And they well, need to, I, Damien, though, does want – who wants it, Damien? Actually, I did come up with a – well, a friend of mine came up. An agent came up with a good trade for me today. Oh, for yeah. Damien. All right. It was OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet mm. for Dame to Toronto. Mm. You know, picks and whatever, you can figure that out. So you go it, it worked. Dame with Siakam and, and uh, Scotty. Scotty. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, Gary Trent shooting yeah. well again. 
That yeah. might be fun. I, I just OG is unhappy. Yes. And is. Fred is Fred's kind of a chucker. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how many years left he has in his deal. Um, Fred's a, a warrior, like for sure yes, he's a he warrior. Is. But he is. Um, yeah, I just Portland. I don't know what they're gonna do. I just don't know. I mean, look, Portland is. You, you thought we don't we don't spend time on bad teams. Portland's twenty one and twenty five. No. I mean, right. whatever. Like, but I, I like I like OG with Simons. You have to. Yeah. You have to have. Uh, you have to have Simons with plus Simons. defenders. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's one of them. Because yeah. Simons. Can, so is Fred. Simons can score his ass off. Yeah. Here's the thing so about Simons, Fred. though, Coach. He has the physical profile to not be a a turnstile yeah. on defense, right? Correct. He's okay. got to get stronger. Okay. All right. Yeah, weakness weakness matters in the league. It's not just athletics. You got to be strong too. No, no, for sure. All right. Anyway, uh, last thing I was going to the Lakers, and we don't talk about them much because they're yeah. not good. LeBron, of course, getting close to the all time record. We'll talk about that when it happens. Look, if they get into the play in and they, they'll be a fun team in the playoffs that could cause some chaos. I don't think they're going to win multiple rounds or go deep. But if you're Denver, you're like, oh man, we got the Lakers. Like, and if, if AD's playing and he's, you're like, oh crap, this is, may not be what you want in round one. I still think Denver will win, but it might make it more difficult than they want it to be. I I, I would think if AD, this is a big if, but if AD was healthy and LeBron's healthy, if everyone's healthy, uh, generally speaking, uh, they could win a championship. That's how stupid I am. Well, I, I'm not predicting what happened because right. I don't think they'll be healthy. Right. And I'm not, I don't think their coach will figure it out. But I'm telling you on paper, they have enough weapons with AD and LeBron that uh, they could, they, I mean, just because no one's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't favor them, and I think they'll fuck it up. I, that's what I said to a friend of mine last night. They're like, they really found something. Like, ah, they'll fuck it up. I just don't. That meanwhile, they have a winning record now without AD. They do. They just had a terrible start. Yeah. And and Schroeder, Schroeder and Bryant are 18 and 15. So since these guys, so they were out too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When they were out, the team was abominable. But they'd be like a fifth seed right now, even without AD. With those, when those two guys, with those, the record those two guys have. So, and Schroeder, you know, Kevin Pelton, who I, I like Kevin very much, but he, he made a comment about how it's basically LeBron and role, and role players playing right. hard. And I felt that he was being disrespectful. Like Dennis Schroeder was his, his team's best player just a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And he's fallen some hard time. Yeah. We know Westbrook and Westbrook right. it can be a role player. He also can be very good. Mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant can start in this league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 Pat Bev was a leader for Minnesota mm-hmm. last year. I mean, he is a role player. Austin Reed's a very talented young player that's got upside. And AD, when AD comes back, is mm-hmm. he was up there. He looked like an MVP candidate. He was, so yeah. the best player in the league. I just don't trust that uh, they'll figure it out. They'll fuck it up. That's <laughs> They're like the old Kings. Oh, the, the old dumpster fire Kings. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the other team in LA who David wants to talk about. That is who I know he would yeah. bet his money on right now potentially win the West. Look, they beat the Dallas Mavericks last night, 112-98. Um, Kawhi, I was like, I mean, I know I'd seen him play before. I was like, I thought this is the first time I've seen Kawhi play all season. I mean, it wasn't. I'd seen him play a, quite a few games. I mean, he hasn't played a ton, but I've seen more than one of his games. But he looked great last night, 30-9, and nine, I want to say. And I feel like they have the blueprint in terms of the bodies to make life difficult for Luka when you have Kawhi and Paul George on the wing that is helpful. Yeah. Um, Robert Covington, these other big wing guys. It's just look, you ain't stopping Luca, but when you can throw enough dudes at him and he doesn't get that switch onto that small guy, he can bully, you know, that that is that's gonna wear on him, right? In a seven game series. I thought the Clippers looked great. Ty Lu, I thought coached a, a good game. Maybe Luca just missed some shots yesterday. I don't know. I thought maybe the Clippers, I mean, they've played him in the playoffs a couple a couple times already, so they they kind of 
know some things about yeah. Luca. Yeah. Um, I think they know how to defend him as well as anyone can defend him. But what are you seeing from the Clippers that you're liking so much? Uh, Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. focus on Kawhi. Um, he, uh, he looked like he looked like Kawhi. Yeah. Just the spin, mm-hmm. the physicalness, big hands, strong. Yeah. The shot making, mm-hmm. uh, deceleration in the lane, patience in the lane, just like, just, you know, the Terminator body with a computer brain. So just, he, he sees everything in slow motion and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you, if you, if someone, if you could, if you could be like the flash, they, when you in the, in the movies, the flash sees everything in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, so it's easy to get out of the way. It's kind of stupid in some ways because Flash <laughs> must be running fast. But the idea, I, I get the principle of it. Kawhi just looks like he's navigating through people because yep. he sees everything so much faster. That's a scary thought. Yeah. So, and they have the bodies also to do a deal. They do. They do. So they can do a two for one or three for one. Um, if I had to pick one team in the West, it sounds ridiculous. Memphis is the safer bet. Um, and I think they're very good. But I know why you like the Clippers. I, I can. I know. But... I just and Paul George is an all star too, which we'll yes. get to. They are they're top six in the league and they they weathered the storm. Look, I think right. they are they a five seed or six seed? They're six seed. Six they seed, no, okay. have they know look, Kawhi ain't playing 82 games. Like that's not a thing. Okay. No. He's gonna play 50 whatever, and we're gonna make sure he's not playing any back to backs, none of that stuff. Because we want him as best as possibly conditioned for the postseason. Because again, we know in the postseason that guy's a proven commodity, a two-time Finals MVP. I think I did the stat earlier this season on on one of our one of our shows, David. He's one of like I don't know ten or eleven guys that have five-time All NBA, five-time All Defense, two-time I mean two-time Finals MVP. It's like it's a small list. He yeah. is when he plays, his peak is is one of the great players in the history of this game. Right. Now he won't have the longevity stats because he ain't going to play eighty-two game seasons. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it. But when he is right and he's playing. That is a tough two-way wing. And they got two of them in Paul George and him. Reggie Jackson knows his role on this team. Like, they – and Ty Lue, we know. We, we like Ty Lue a lot. Very good coach. Knows what he's doing. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a tough out for sure. And I think it's kind of quiet. Everybody's thinking about them. It's like, oh, LeBron, Lakers, Memphis. What's going on and with the Warriors? Kareem scoring title. Right. Like, all that narrative will be out there. But meanwhile, Eric, I think the Clippers are going to be coming on. They're just like – we're, and it's – look, you don't want to be the best team in January. You want to be the best yeah. team in June, right? So. Yeah. Figure out their spot. We like it. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back to talk about defense in the NBA. All right, David. Um, You know, it seems like it is tougher now more than ever to play defense in this league because there's so many good and talented players across the league, even the bad teams, right? Houston – Look, Jalen Green is like a very good offensive player, right? You got Jabari Smith. They got guys who are just tough to stay in, stay in front of. You know Orlando's got a lot of good guys. Like, again, these are bottom teams that have still got talent. Yeah. Right? It's just hard to guard people in this league that are so good. And But it's also hard to guard when you feel like, as a defender, you're, you're, cutting, off, you're cutting me off at the knees. You're not even giving me a chance to play defense. And I bring this up because... Denver Nuggets reserve guard Austin Rivers had a fun little quote that he had when he was uh, asked on his podcast, who's the toughest player to guard in the league right now? Steph Curry. It's not even close. You can't touch him. They give him every effing call. They set illegal screens for him in the entire game. They don't call it because they want to see him shoot. And it's funny because I've watched enough games of Austin guarding Steph and the Warriors, and I can just see 
the consternation on his face every time when a foul he's just he's so angry all the time and look it's hard enough to guard Steph without all that right because he's running around constantly add on to the fact that the Warriors do set some illegal screens that is annoying and he's Steph so you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt Austin Rivers right so if it's anything close foul on you that's just how it's going to go and you David I know that bothers you overall in terms of how the referees decide to ref officiate games yeah, I'm super sensitive to that one aspect is it's it's so hard to play defense in this league when you're not really sure what is going to be called a foul. And I want to qualify my statement. I, I think they're the best basketball referees in the world. And, sure. and even, absolutely the most dedicated. So this is not an attack on them. It is hard, and it's a business, and I get that too. But I just see too many players get hit in the paint and don't get a call because they're not the high scorer, uh, and the stars get those calls. That lack of integrity bothers me. It makes it really hard to play defense. Um, If I'm standing still and a player runs me over and I fall directly backwards, that's a charge. If I don't want to fall down, falling is bad for me, Mm -hmm. and I I just slowly fall down like a a log that slowly, a tree slowly falls, they're going to call that a block, even though I just was standing still. Totally vertical, uh, I, I, and they won't, but the, the star is going to get the call, mm-hmm. whether it falls or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say they never don't get calls. Of course they do. LeBron had a call yesterday. I thought it was a good call. He cleared a guy out, and they called it. He, he didn't like it. I think it's the biggest challenge is ignoring who the player is. Mm-hmm. And they give him, and, and even if it wasn't a bias saying, well, we, you know, we can't let so-and-so foul out. He's, you know, he's a star. It's more of a giving the benefit of the doubt that he wouldn't do a play like mm-hmm. that. Someone else might because mm-hmm. they're because they're stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like a better job of that. But I, I, it's not easy. No, a lot and of these plays are hard. You, first of all, as you said, uh, best referees in the world. This game is like, and like the average fan on TV, maybe you know. And again, David and I are lucky we get to see the game up close. Um, you have no idea how big and strong and fast these dudes are if you don't watch this game like up close. You're like, oh my god. So as a referee. Th- First of all, they probably missed the call half that they don't miss. They missed the thing. They don't even see what actually happened. And they ref the results. Oh, someone's on the ground. Must have been. It's like, he didn't necessarily get fouled. Maybe he tripped over somebody's feet. Like, it's just, there's so much going on that they just can't, you know, so they're not always perfect. And, you know, they're all within the ire. They draw the ire of fans. They get annoyed at them. They think they're screwing their favorite team or whatever. You know, look, I get it. It, it, It's difficult. But, you know, in those instances where, just have some kind of like, let's call it level. If this is a moving screen, it's a moving screen against everybody, right? Not just, oh, Draymond can do it because he's Draymond. It's like, no, call it call it the same okay. way. Let everybody get that, right? Or don't call it. Whatever, just pick, decide. Whatever it is, decide what it's going to be. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it is a difficult game to referee. That That is for sure. Uh, on the subject of, their, of the size of these guys, I saw a picture. You know how teams um, – well, in, in college anyway, a lot of times you'll have starting lineups and you'll have uh, all the players not starting on the former little mm-hmm. runway, right? Mm-hmm. little column. Mm-hmm. Then there's one guy who faces the person coming out of the, that's announced and they do their handshake, mm-hmm. whatever. That, well, my son kind of took that role at Florida State last year and he's still doing it. So he's got a special handshake for each player. Mm-hmm. And for, for one of them, who's a guy that's playing really run up for Florida State, a, a future potential draft pick named Matthew Cleveland, they, they, they go chest to chest and they both like flex. Mm-hmm. And so the cameraman must have caught a picture of it the other day <laughs> from, from behind Max. Yeah. And now you, you will meet my son soon enough. 
this is not a short man. No. <laughs> He's 6'3", in sh- every bit of 6'3", in shoes, 3% body fat, lean and strong as fuck. <laughs> And he looks like a little boy. <laughs> Matt Cleveland's only six foot six. He's not even league average. He's just six foot six. He's probably a year younger than Max. And my son, you can bear, you know, you see Matt's whole face and you can see like Max's head below his chin, like he's a little dude. This is every picture of me with all my players. I'm right. short for everyone. But yeah, my son, my son comes to family meetings. He's the tallest person in the room all the time. <laughs> Not in this sport. No. Not in a, this sport. And you he's a big dude, athletic, strong, powerful. Steven Adams, come on. Oh, my God. What, you, did you see the sharp oh, Steven Adams? All right, give I'm, me your I'm, thoughts I'm, on I'm, that. I'm glad you mentioned that. By yeah. the way, league average height is about six, seven and a half. So right. six, six is short. And it has been for quite a while right. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look. Shannon Sharp, everybody knows, has his show. He's a talking head media type. Before that, of course, Shannon Sharp, a Hall of Fame NFL tight end, one of the greatest yeah. tight ends of all time. One of the great, and I saw him play in college, also like I mean, beyond ridiculous in college, and and still at this Unfairly age, great. at this age, a just a jacked human being, like super strong, like just a, a big dude. All right, yeah. everyone knows Shannon is a LeBron guy. That's his guy. Okay, cool. oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. So everyone but me. Okay. So the yeah. so the Memphis Grizzlies are playing the Lakers this Friday night. Um, yeah, I watched the game. Everyone knows Memphis is the talkingest team in the NBA. They do nothing but chirp, 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 talk, talk, talk. That's that's their thing. And it annoys teams. Like, it annoyed LeBron last season when the Grizzlies were putting the beat down on him and he was yelling at Desmond Bain, you made a couple shots, now you want to talk shit? But, and it's like, okay. And he went down and dunked on Jaron, and it was like, uh, you still lost the game by 25, LeBron. So, whatever. <laughs> All good. Like, ain't no thing. So, LeBron gets his kind of measure of revenge in this game on Friday. But at halftime, uh, Shannon says, Dylan's too small to guard LeBron. He can't guard him. And then, then Dylan said, F you to Shannon. He said, F you. And then, you know, Shannon gets up. And it's all this male, you know, testosterone. And, of course, alpha male chest beating. Yeah. All that stupid shit that people yeah. like to do. It's, like, corny as hell. And then it's like, all right, got to get separated. And T. Morant, Jaws' dad, is, like, getting, you know, trash talking too, getting involved. And here comes Steven Adams. And I'm like, yeah, that's the dude that none of y'all want any kind of problems with. Okay? Strongest man in the league. He's the one who took Tony Bradley, who's not a small man, by the way. That was the greatest video ever. Literally picked Tony Bradley up off the ground and brought him away from his team. Tony and Bradley. Tony, and Tony did nothing. Because what could he do? He, he's from here. <laughs> Tony's from here. Yeah, he's from Tampa. And you know, Tony's not a small dude. No, like, he's huge. Like, yeah. Steven just picked him up like, bro, come on, let's, let's not do this, right? So, you know, it's just... It got ridiculous. And Shannon apologized, I heard today he on did? his show. Okay. And what, you know, look. I get it. Everybody gets excited at games, but there's Shannon in that moment. You're a fan, right? So there's no need for you to right. inject yourself into the situation because we know when it's the other way and it's um something like a fan, something racist or right. whatever, they get booted, right? Shannon didn't right. get booted. He came right back out for, for the third quarter and he talked to Dave McMenamin at halftime saying they didn't want no smoke with me. It's like, bro, you're come on. You're 50 something years old. Like, what Steven are we, Adams would pull his uh, head right gonna, off right. his neck. I was like, what are we even, first of all, what are we doing? Like, why? It's, and again, this is just how a lot of alpha males are wired, right? Because like competitors and athletes, they're just, oh, me, me, Tarzan, right? It's yeah. just very yeah. much, they have to like let you know, I'm the big, you know what, at this place. And it's like, all right, my guy, like, it's cool. Like, whatever. Right. Much Steven to do about Adam, nothing. Steven Adams is, is two guys. That, that I would never recommend fucking with. Steven Adams is definitely one of them. He's one, and Udonis is the other. Yeah, just, you know. There's something about that dude yeah. I know too all too well. Do not mess with him. But Steven is just this enormous. Yeah. I, I talk to NBA centers about Steven Adams. Like, 
he he's so strong. You just cannot move him. And at seven feet tall. He, and, you know, you just, yeah. Well, you, Sharp, well, you, you know his story. He's like one of like 13 or something yeah. like that, right? His I mean, sister, like, his right. sister's going to start in the NFL. Right. The the, the, line. They're like Olympian they're shot huge. putters. He's like, oh, I'm not even yeah, the toughest, guy. Right? I'm, oh, I'm not even toughest guy in my family. He's like, my sisters will kick my ass. It's like, right, oh, right. Oh, shit. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all well, right, well. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I also don't like, I don't like the image for us. Yeah. I don't, for the NBA, we went through that. We're, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm a player advocate. I want them to do better and better. Be seen in the best light possible, and I, I we don't need any 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 of that stuff from the cheap seats. It's well, just not so cheap seats. It's just silly. And you know, Dylan actually, I think I want to say Dylan had a decent game against LeBron. At least in the first time, I don't remember. Like defensively, I thought LeBron. No, he's a very good defensive player. Yes, LeBron didn't shoot that well that game, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, look, it, it is what it is. And I think after the game, Dylan's like, oh, I don't know, whatever. He's a blogger or whatever he is, which is funny. Oh, no, like, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> you know, Dylan knows. He knows. Of course, he knows who he is. Yeah, but he's he like, knows. you know, doing his thing. And it's listen, it's all for theater it's theatrics okay cool but at the end of the day none of this actually matters nobody wants to, none of you want to actually fight like that's just not it's not what this is so if you did you'd be mma or boxers and you're not you play basketball right so well, when i was a when i was a, a teacher in my career uh our school was uh we bust a lot of kids in from the projects uh, but but the whole community that supported the school was at best except for one little pocket lower middle class uh, at best mm-hmm. and, and down to the projects and so I, one year I did drop, maybe one more than I did, I dropped out prevention. All my kids were mostly white, skinny white dudes from tough home situations. And, but they, and they, these kids were like, I could have easily picked them up. I was, you know, 22 and in shape, whatever, when I first started teaching there. Uh, but you would think they all thought they were the toughest dudes possible. <laughs> and one of, uh, one of the person who ran the drop, amazing lady named Betsy. She ran that department with um, with fucking sternness, but also tons of love. They needed love, mm-hmm. and but she said, "Listen, we're we are apes in a sense. All of us we're human beings. They're connected to us ninety eight percent. Whatever you see, monkeys do the same thing, beating their chest. Every little white kid in that classroom, like every teenage boy, <laughs> including you and me, right, right. This is we puffed up, right. It, it's in, it's in the genes. <laughs> and so the point she would make though is." Animals don't have that consciousness right, to know. that we have to evolve. We right. have to grow up. Right. And human beings do. Correct. So I really thought that was an effective strategy uh, for my kids in that class. But also in general, I mean, I've, my son has a million teenage friends. He did. I, I still talk to him all the time when they come over to visit me or my, my wife or my daughter when she's here. Like, you know, we have to be a past that now. Mm-hmm. And we understand in sports, you're really plugging into that competitive mm-hmm. spirit. And I get it. But you, but the fans, that's what kills me about fans, by the way. Right. Is when they puff up as if they're doing anything. Right. You're doing nothing. You're yeah, doing it, nothing. <laughs> on that same subject, did Luca get slapped yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think. So he was there walking off the court, and it, it had to be a Mavericks fan. I think it was like, he probably slapped them on the back. Hey, good game, Luca, or whatever. And it's like, my thing is always like. we doing that shit. Listen, what do they tell you at the zoo? Yeah. Right? Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying the, but like. Why are you engaging? Don't no. Don't put, don't touch. Like don't touch your hands anybody. to yourself. Like That's right. I don't understand why it's so difficult. Well, especially they lost the game. <laughs> right. Like like, just, like these guys, they losing, I and I mean this sincerely. When I have people who sometimes will send me fantasy information mm-hmm. about a player that I that I know personally, 
after they play a bad game. Oh, I wish he played better. We would have won. Like, motherfucker, don't ever say that to me. You yeah. strike a nerve with me that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would never text my son after a Florida State loss about so and so sucks that, whatever. Right. No fucking way. Right, right. These are he he can do it. Right. I can't. Right. Now, these are his boys. Right. And it hurts to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You don't slap Luca on the that dude's like a real competitive oh, dude. So In fact, if you can slap him and they don't react, that would be a problem for me. I and, want you to be fucking pissed off your and, loss. And, and Luca turned around. And, you know, it's always been my thing for me. And I get it. Like, we want to get their raw emotions in the immediacy after the game and whatever. But I'm like, dude, like, these are the most competitive people in the world. Like, that, like, those 15 to 20 minutes, like, you got to let them cool down you a bit, to, man. Like, because it's just, I'm telling, you know, we've been in locker room. It's just, yeah. yo, let them cool out, man. It's not good. As much as you all think they don't care. No, they care. They care a ton about losing. It's just you got to give them their space. Let them breathe a little bit. Get their heart rate back down. Like, get control of their faculties right. again. Right, because they know another game's coming a day right. or two. Right. But they, you got to give them time to think about that. Yeah. And, and, again, this is how we want it. We yeah. want them competitive. Yeah. You just you don't touch anybody. No. Even if they win, you, you don't touch. hands off. It's not your place to do that. No. Yeah. Didn't your mother yeah. teach you that when you were a kid? What? Don't put your hands on anybody, no. right? Like, I mean, exactly what? Exactly how you put it. Uh, well, you know, listen. So, again, which is why I always say, you do that, whatever happens to you, I am always on the side of the player. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have put your hand there. Like, wh- right. why, why are you getting engaged? I feel the same way. Why are you getting involved? Like, well, not about and also, And also, uh, I, I did not, this was not my world growing up, but it, it's the world that I coached in. Uh, if you are undersized, your best chance to win a fight is to throw the first punch. Mm, it is. So if I, if I, that's in your DNA a little bit, I, I, I had many people uh, who've told me that I'm like, where did that come from? He's like, dude, I thought a guy was going to hit me. I hit him first. <laughs> what, what are you going to say? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It should keep your hands to yourself. It should be hard. It's not, it's not, it's yeah. not hard at all. <laughs> and, and, and the truth is I have a lot of respect for NBA players because they can walk that edge oh, really, really well, really well, incredibly competitive. And remember, for every great play that is made, there's someone else who did not make it Correct. and was the victim of it. And they have huge pride. And yet they have the decency and the grace even mm-hmm. to next play, next play, next play. It, you, you see guy pitchers who get hit, you hit a home run off them and they beam the next guy. Fuck that. That is the stupidest yeah. thing ever. It's no, like, you got to get to the next play. Our NBA players do an amazing job of that. Be better. Get them out next time. Like, I just, yeah. all that, all that, please. I'm going to rant forever about the idiotic, unwritten rules of, of, of sports and baseball in particular. Um, David, early, uh, I guess it was last week we talked about Stan Van Gundy's comments about the 90s versus today and all that. And Friday, um, the Warriors on a second night of a back to back, they played Boston Thursday night. They lost that tough game in overtime. Um, so they knew, all right, we're resting. Steph, Clay, Draymond, none of those guys are playing on Friday in, in Cleveland. They won the game anyway. Um, after the game, Kerr, Kerr was asked by a reporter, you know, how do you feel for the fans who, you know, spent money and they wanted to see Steph and they didn't get to? And I have a thought about that. I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. And Kerr was basically like, you know, it's why I've advocated for a 72-game season. He's like, we go to 72 games, you eliminate back-to-backs, we won't have this issue. And then it sort of turned into something else about load management. And Tony Jones, the athletic, had tweeted something. He's like, load management is here to stay. No matter what, how many games you cut it to, guys are still going to load manage. And I disagreed with that statement. And I said to Tony, I was like, look, 
if you went down to the schedule that I like, which is a 58 game schedule, right? 30 teams, you play each team twice and you do it over the same time frame that the NBA season is now, not only will there be no back-to-backs, there won't be the norm in the NBA, which is four games in seven nights. That is the norm. In a seven-day in a, in a seven week, teams play, on average, four, three-point like eight times. Yeah, right. Basically, 3.5 3. plus. Right. Basically, four times a week, right? Right. Which is too much basketball. That is the issue. It is too much load on their body, which is why they have to protect it. Yes, the easy thing is back-to-back. Of course, they're going to sit out back-to-backs. But if you cut that out and you're only playing twice in a seven-game span, it's not going to eliminate injuries. There's still a contact sport. Guys are still going to get hurt. Of course. But I will almost pretty much assure that you will limit teams doing the forced load management because they're like, we already have built-in load management. We only play twice in seven days. That's the load we have to manage, and we're getting to recover and train and develop, et cetera. I know you, you have thoughts on that as well. I, mean, I completely agree. First of all, I, I've been pushing 72 game. I, I, I buy the 58. It's a very easy number. But I've been saying start with 72 and then go from there. Let's see five years of data, how that looks. Uh, so I'm glad that Coach Crow agrees with that. I think it's absurd to think that load management is here forever. Right. Um, do they do load management in football? They do no. not. <laughs> no. If a player can play, he plays. Mm-hmm. So we do load manage because – the schedule doesn't allow for an off day, and he needs an off day. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to play him this game. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what it is. Yeah. You just make it worse. Mm-hmm. You just create a, a likelihood for a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. So I think Tony's wrong. 58-game schedule, without question, they're going to have, you know, if you did, let's say, Wednesday, Sunday. Right. If those are the two days, Wednesday, God. Sunday, you'd, uh, you'd always be up Thursday, always. practice Friday, Saturday, right. play Sunday. Off Monday, mm-hmm. practice Tuesday, play Wednesday. That would be the schedule. Right. I yep. mean, you, you'd have just it. And again, you're not going to eliminate injuries. There's no such thing as that. It's a contact sport. Guys will get hurt. Someone's going to crash into your knee. and the gr- That's going to happen. Yep. What you're going to eliminate, though, is the fatigue factor that leads to injury, right? That's the part that people don't put the two and two together, right? We talked about it on our call this morning, right? When soccer went from one game a week to two games a week, how the injuries upticked, right? Right. Well, because you're more fatigued now, right? Fatigue is what causes these non-contact soft tissue injuries. Oh, dude pulled a growing. No one hit him. Yeah, because he played four games in seven nights and he's exhausted. But double overtime, you know, two nights ago. That's why. Right? Four, four games in seven nights after seven years growing up of yes. games nonstop. Correct. Remember, their bodies are battered when they yes. first get here is what we know. So, yeah, uh, we're on the same page here for sure. No doubt. Um, and then my last thing about um, – you know, the fans, and I, I want to be very clear about this. Of course the fans matter, and I feel bad for the little kid who wanted to come see Steph Curry. Here's the first thing I'll say. If you're a family of four and you're affording tickets and souvenirs and concessions and all that, and that's how you choose to spend your discretionary income, that is a choice you made, right? You chose to do that. When you buy those tickets, you are guaranteed to get Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors. That is it. You're not guaranteed to see Donovan Mitchell, Steph, none of that. Because if they were hurt, you wouldn't see them, right? Just like if I bought tickets to a play that Denzel was starring in and he was sick and I got the understudy, I ain't getting my money back. I got to watch the understudy. And, and that's happened. <laughs> I mean, I don't live in New York, so we visit there a lot and we love it and we love some Dean shows. And there's been a few times where the guy we thought was playing the lead mm-hmm. or the girl wasn't there. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to – Oh, that, I made that choice, right? Things happen. Oh, well. We bought, t- we bought the tickets knowing it might happen. Right. 
you that's just how it goes, you know. Yeah. So you can see movies if you want. Then you know who's in the movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Live action's different. Always different. <laughs> Always different. All right, we're gonna wrap with this coach, uh, NBA All Star. We here at Troop are gonna make the definitive All Star projections. Who we think should make it, not who will make it. Now there are gonna be some locks that we know that are gonna be guarantees. Let's start with the East coach, and let's go with the guys who you know guaranteed they're making it. Okay, I have, as the guarantee, I'm going to cross them off. Embiid? Mm-hmm. You agree? Yep. Uh, no doubt. KD? Yep. Tatum? Yep. Uh, Giannis? Yep. I'm looking at my list here. And then Donovan Mitchell's mm-hmm. in. Yep. I think Harden's guaranteed. Okay. So here's where I went because of the voting. Uh, Kyrie's yeah. Kyrie's in because he's the number one vote. Okay, getter. I so didn't pay attention. So he's, that, a, so. he's a guarantee. He's in. Is that right? He's in. He's the number one guard getter, vote getter in the he, East. People just don't like Jewish people. <laughs> 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 he's deserving of an All Star oh nod, but he's, that, he's the most popular athlete. Wait, Kyrie is so popular, Coach. Like he is. I, have, so I don't follow that kind of stuff. Popular. Wow. All right, I don't want to distract. So, <laughs> so he's in. Okay. Yes. The other so Harden. You don't you, think Harden's a lock? I don't think he's a lock, but I have him in. The other okay. guarantee, yeah, I know that. I, okay. the other guarantee, guarantee I thought, I thought Jalen Brown is 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 also a, a guarantee. I had him in. I don't have him in, but I I really I I mean he struggled with not him. Yo, I, he probably deserves it. Yeah. He's right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I don't disagree. I mean, all right. So let's go. Let's finish the East, right? Okay. So, so now, so guys, so these are the at large selections. Right. Harden, I have. Okay, I got Harden. All right, go ahead. Jimmy Butler, I got him. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton. Got him. Okay. Now it has, has to be in there. Now we're getting Pascal. I got Siakam. Okay. So this so we is only have one more. Only left. one more. It was Who tough, man. I, I, I'm down to two if Brown's in. I went to I think you're right. Brown should be in. I went to Rosen. Wow. I did not. I'm down between Porzingis and Drew. And I, you know what? And I, so Porzingis was very good. When, when you're doing your next two out, I have Drew Porzingis. And I'm like, I mean, the, Record doesn't matter. That doesn't that doesn't factor into it. But no. I'm like, but they're better than the Bulls. And the reason why the Bucks are better is because yes, Giannis, but Drew's played well all season, deserving. Yeah. And Chris Tapps has been as good as he's been his all star year. Great. So now I'm with you there. If you if you want to take out Demar and put any one of those two guys, I'm fine with that. Man, okay. Guarantees out west. You start naming the guarantees. LeBron. Got it. Jokic. Yep. Steph. Yep. Luca. Luca. Yeah. John Morant. Yep. Okay. Now, okay. Shea's a guarantee. So, so to me, yes, Shea is a guarantee yeah. to me, and Gotta Zion be. and Zion's a guarantee to me. Uh, I got Zion and Dame's a guarantee. Okay. So huge. So, he's huge numbers. I mean, and he's he, super popular, he, right? He, he is super popular. But so but, I think he's but vote wise, sure. he's not gonna. He's not. The, he's not a starter because he's. I think he's like fourth or fifth in the votes now. No, no. But I, but we're saying yeah. beyond the vote, he's yeah, in. Yeah. All right. Kawhi doesn't play enough games yet. He's not in. So, so I have Kawhi out too. So I have Dame as my next next group in. Okay. Laurie Markkinen. He's in. Okay. Well, you know I'm going. Triple J. Uh, you know I'm going Triple J. <laughs> I got him too. I went Sabonis. I did not. I've did you got go to Aaron Fox? P- oh, nope. No I've Kings. Got, no, but I think you're right. I've got PG and Booker. So, because Booker's been hurt and the Suns are falling. I, Booker, my rule was 30 games as of now. Okay. So, um, I think I'm going to write it down. I think you're totally right. Sabonis has to make it. He has a chance to be third team All NBA. So I went PG and Sabonis is my last two. And Booker doesn't make it. No, 
because I'm like, a, you, you, I think you're probably yeah, right. I, was like, I like uh, your list. Um, and so that means Bam doesn't make it. I know. This is this all stars. Like, it's really hard to do this shit. Like, it really is difficult to do this. My man, I will not be watching the all stars. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, uh, well, well, I have a funny statement to make about True Hoop and All Star when we get back from All Star yeah. break. On, yeah. on, on, on that, but that I week. do, I do think this is an interesting exercise. I'm glad you made me do it. Um, they're just, I mean, we, we, I could have listed five, six, seven more yeah. guys that yeah. have been very good. The league is so talented right now. So many yeah. good guys. Yeah, it's really, it's good to see. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm glad a player like Shea is going to go because he's more than deserving. He's Tyrese Halliburton. Wait, first of all, Tyrese and Donovan should be the starting backcourt. Not Kyrie and Donovan, but whatever. That is for what it is. I think you're probably right. Um, so, but, you know, it, it's good to get Tyrese in the game. People will see him, et cetera. So it, it's all, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, stay tuned for True Hoop. Uh, make sure you're on the website. We'll have some good pieces coming out this week. David and I will be back on Thursday, and I'm sure there'll be great games and things to discuss. Until next time, take care.